There's not a better gift in this world than the gift of Jesus, is there? Well, good morning. We're glad to have Carol back. Uh, don't embarrass her, but Carol, raise your hand. She back here? She just left? Okay. We've been praying for her. She had an aneurysm in her head, and we're just grateful that she was able to come for a while. We're glad that you're here as well, too. We've got uh, visitors that are here. Welcome to our visitors. Uh, we have one that's here all the way from Springfield, Missouri. That came to the seminar, the Holy Spirit seminar that I put on in Springfield. And he said, when I get out to California, I'm going to find you church. He found it. We're glad that he's here as well, too. Well, tomorrow is a 10th anniversary. Can you believe it? 10th anniversary of a tragedy that took place that changed all of our lives. Um, we have less freedom now than we did before September the 11th, 2001. If you don't believe me, try getting on a plane and see what all that you have to go through just to be able to fly from here to who knows where. I remember shortly afterwards, Gene and I, we took a flight and, and uh, we booked one-way tickets. We weren't going to return. That's a no-no. I mean, they body searched us and everything else because we might be uh, some type of a an attacker of some sort. So it has changed our lives. We kind of want to look at it for a moment, and there's a reason why I want to look at it. It started off like any other day. People in California getting up to get ready to go to work early. And after we got up, we decided, well, let's do our usual and turn on the news and the weather and see... I don't know why, the weather's always the same. You're in Beaumont, it's always blowing. And just to see what's happening in the world, catch a little news before we get into the rush hour traffic, maybe hear a little bit of what the traffic is like before we go. But this time was a little different. This time... All of a sudden, we saw on our screens, and they, they were reporting some type of a fire that's taking place on one of the towers of the World Trade Center in New York. And probably in our minds, I know in my mind says, boy, that, they sure have been having their problems, haven't they? And the news commentator gives very few sketchy facts because it's not known quite yet what had happened. They said at 8.46 a.m. Eastern Time, that's 5.46 Pacific Time, a mysterious fire takes place on what looks like around the 90th floor of the North World Trade Center Tower. Some sort of explosion has taken place. And some reports said that they saw a plane crash into the building. That hasn't been confirmed yet, they said. We're just stating what we've heard. 
It's still sketchy. As we continue to get ready for work, and we're kind of glancing every now and then at the television, we noticed with our own eyes, out of nowhere, a plane comes in streaking across the sky and slams into the other tall tower. We wouldn't have believed it if we hadn't seen it ourselves. Maybe we're seeing things. We watched and we listened as the commentator said, Did you see that? A jet plane has just slammed into the south tower of the World Trade Center. It happened at 9.03 Eastern Time, 6.03 our time. And then we watched as they replayed that jet slamming in over and over and over again. And we're thinking, what's going on? One plane crashing into a building is an accident. But when a second plane crashes in to the World Trade Center, it's no longer an accident, it's deliberate. So we're watching again, and then something else happens. We've just gotten a report that at 9.37 Eastern Time, 6.37 Pacific, a third plane has crashed into the Pentagon just outside of our nation's capital. And then they say, this does not appear to be an accident, but a planned attack on our country. You remember? Then a few minutes later, we heard at 9.42 Eastern Time, the Federal Aviation Authority has issued an order to ground all flights over or bound for the continental United States. Any and all aircraft already in flight has been ordered to land at the nearest airport immediately. My wife was scheduled to board a plane to go back to Lincoln, Nebraska at that particular day, and that canceled all of that. By that time, we were so shocked, not knowing what was going on, we decided to stay home. Because we weren't certain whether these attacks were just in New York City, but when it went to Washington, D.C., could it possibly happen someplace else? And they're grounding all airplanes all over the continental United States. It could happen in L.A. We had no idea at that point who was responsible. But this was a very serious situation for the entire country. Then another report came across the television airways that at 9.57 Eastern Time, 6.57 Pacific Time, there's another airline that has been reported as skyjacked. The original destination was Los Angeles, but now it has made a turn and the destination is unknown at this time. What's going on? And then at 6.59 our time, right in front of our eyes, 
in within just 10 seconds, we watch the South Tower of the World Trade Center collapse to the ground. Knowing and realizing there were still a lot of people inside that building. Within minutes, another report shocks an already numb nation. At 10.03 Eastern Time, 7.03 Pacific, American Airlines flight number 93 has crashed in a field in Somerset County, Pennsylvania. The crash site is approximately 20 minutes flying time from Washington, D.C. A few minutes later at 7.28 Pacific Time, the North Tower collapses. And we know the people are in that tower as well. When it's all over, approximately 3,000 people were killed in the worst attack ever staged on this soil at one point, at one time. And it brought a nation to a standstill. The skies were silent. If you remember around here, you couldn't hear a thing of any... And we're, our, our area where we were staying is the flight path for Ontario Airport. But it was eerie not hearing any type of a plane. And what was even worse was our mighty freeways were abandoned. No one driving... Some began to say it was Armageddon, the end of the world. It's easy to blame a nation of people for what took place, but what I want to share with you this morning is not to focus on a nation, but on the reality is that it came from the devil himself. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, He who sins... And that was the sin, the definite sins of those people that were flying those planes. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. There is a cosmic battle between good and evil, between God and Satan that's taking place. And Satan knows he has but just a short time to live. And because of that, he's going to pull out all the stops in his effort to try to remove Christ from his rightful place. This great controversy reveals the tremendous battle that affects every human being on the earth. Just like 9-11 affected our nation and eventually the rest of the world, but it, this battle between good and evil, between Christ and Satan, affects every man, woman, and child no matter where they live. The thing about it is, is that 9-11 was reported on national TV. This controversy is not being reported at all. But it should be. 
The world just seems to go about its everyday business without realizing the impact that this fight between good and evil has upon us. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. What happens to the majority of this world is, is that we try to battle this force with our own power, but it would be like me realizing that the World Trade Center tower is going to fall, so I go up with my hand and push on it to try to stop it. It's impossible. So sometimes we marvel at the fires. We almost want to immortalize the fires. That's what the devil wants. What we really need to be putting our focus upon is the one who is ultimately going to win, and that's Jesus Christ. The Bible predicts that Satan can cause calamities by fire. Revelation 13, verse 13. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Sure happened that day, didn't it? Satan's mission is to destroy anything that pertains to the kingdom of God. To have us lose our freedom so that it will be easier for him later on to work through governments to pass laws to trap God's people. And that's where we find ourselves today. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He devoured over 3,000 people that day. One day. But we also have to look at reality as well, too, and to recognize the fact that God, knowing this was going to happen, allowed it to happen. We don't like to think that. But he's got to show to the world the reality of what sin does and sin destroys. He wants to show the reality of the power of the devil himself. The ultimate goal of what would happen if the devil was to totally rule this world. Otherwise we just go about our everyday business not worrying about a thing. If you look at Nahum, chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. 
He rebukes the sea and makes it dry and dries up all the rivers. The mountains quake before him, the hills melt, and the earth heaves at his presence. Yes, the world and all who dwell in it, who can stand before his indignation and who can endure the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. Even though the devil is out to destroy God's people and God is allowing it to take place, we still serve a mighty God. Revelation chapter 12 verse 17 The dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. We know the ultimate goal of the devil is to destroy you and me because of what we believe. And in this, he's going to control governments and people and everything to be able to turn against us. God's going to allow it. Tomorrow the world will be paying tribute to those who gave their lives and to those who were unmercifully destroyed at 9-11. But there was one who made a greater impact on the world and yet the world tries to, tries to ignore Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you realize that includes every human being who ever lived, who is now living, and who will come to life in the future? Jesus came to save all mankind. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. Acts 4, verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I have to have Jesus Christ in order to be saved. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That morning of 9-11, those people went to work like they have always been going to work each day of their week, work days. They had no idea what was about to take place. They were caught by total surprise. The second coming of Jesus is about to happen and the world doesn't even expect it. As we focus on the 10th anniversary of 9-11, the second coming looms in the very near future. 
And yet, when you get on your computer or you turn on your news, it doesn't say anything about that. In the Bible, it says in 2 Peter 3, verse 10, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, just like those planes went crashing in unexpectedly. The coming of Jesus is going to be unexpected. In which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Those mighty buildings that were not supposed to burn, burned. This world that's not supposed to burn will burn at the brightness of the coming of Christ. It's almost like 9-11 is kind of a mini second coming, so to speak, to try to wake the world up. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. It's not going to be just by television that where every eye is going to see him. It's going to be such a spectacular event that no one's going to miss it. Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 13. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We could focus on the world events that can take our minds off the real great event that's just about ready to take place. That's what the devil wants. But I don't want that to take place. What I want us to focus on is the very soon coming of Jesus. Don't sit there and wring your hands and say, Oh, woe is me, I'm losing my freedom and I can't hardly function. Let me tell you, you've got the freedom in Jesus Christ. You've already won. Revelation chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place, and the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? They're caught by surprise. To them it's not a glorious event. To them it's a tragedy like 9-11. But God records in the Bible what the saved will say at the very same event. Isaiah 25, verse 9. It will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him, and He will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. He will be glad. We will be glad and rejoice in His salvation. Where do you want to focus your attention? You know what people tend to do? 
they tend to focus more attention on the tragedy than really what the meaning of everything's all about. Let me give you an example. Christian after Christian after Christian thinks that if I somehow focus on, and they, and they have in their homes or on their ears or around their neck, or a cross. The cross is a tragedy. The cross is not going to save you. It's the resurrected Jesus. The focus is on the wrong thing. We've got to focus on the life giver, not the weapon. We can spend so much time looking at the fallen twin towers that we look at the weapons, the tragedy, and not on the life giver. He who has the Son has life. The life is in the Son. The only thing that I can really say this morning about 9-11 is, Come, Lord Jesus. We have been waiting for you. Hymn number 204. Oh, Lord, be 
been expecting you, Lord Jesus, for a long, long time. Some have given up hope, thinking you'll never come. But you've promised. Forgive us when we focus on the tragedies of the world and we forget to focus on the one hope. And that's our coming Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we've got loved ones we're concerned about. We just pray for the dynamic power of the Spirit to work within their lives. Wake them up. Wake us up. Jesus is about to come. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.